Hi everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. We're at AfterlifeTV.com. Today we have a very distinguished guest, a celebrity guest actually, James Van Prague. Welcome James, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Well, this is such a great pleasure. I, you know, not that people don't know who study this field, but I want to just cover a little bit about your background. It's amazing to me. I was looking at a biography that you actually have on your website, which is uh, vanprague.com, which is V-A-N-P-R-A-A-G-H.com. And there's a biography here, and it brought me back because I remember all these things, and it was amazing. I think one of the, your first television uh, introductions was in the 90s with a show called The Other Side. That's right. That was my very first television show I did. Mm -hmm. And you were like uh, a guest and you showed up and you guys talked about paranormal issues and stuff like that? Yes, it was a, a show way before its time. And um, uh, yeah, we, it was a 9 o'clock in the morning show every single day, five days a week. Oh my and they discussed paranormal issues of all different types from UFOs to spirit uh, channeling or communication to all different topics that they had. And, and actually, I did the pilot with them. And they tested the pilot uh, in Las Vegas, and it went over the charts. And they uh, they had me back on that show. I was in a premiere show, and then I did twelve segments of that show. Oh my goodness! Right, a year's period, and then that show these days would do probably very very well. But it was yeah. definitely before its time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I, I, I you're right. You're like really ahead of their time. And then I just you know I remember seeing you on every one of these things. Uh, you were on Oprah. Uh, on Oprah. Oprah. That's my book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 97, yeah. Yeah, Larry King Live 2020, 48 hours, biography, um, and then you came out in 2002 with Beyond with James Van Prague. Now, this is now, how many books did you have out? Because when I first um, read your first book, which was Talking to Heaven, was in 1999. That's when I first started investigating the afterlife, and I was so excited about that book. And one of the reasons w was because I felt like, you know, you just seemed like the guy next door. You seemed so real, even in the way you, you wrote that. And I resonated with that so much, and I loved it. And today, it's still one of my favorite books, and one of the first books that I recommend to people when they're new to this and they want to learn about... Uh, uh, spirit communication. So, well, let me but, just interrupt by, if I could, just by uh, sharing with you and, and, and your people here who are watching this, that Talking to Heaven, my first book, really was a spirits. It was an incredible example of how spirit influences our lives and influences things to happen. I wrote that book, and when I went to try to sell that book in New York to the publishers, nobody wanted to buy that book. They thought, oh, it's a bit morbid. And I think this was 96. A bit morbid. No one would be into this field at all. No one wants to talk about death. That's something no one wants to go near. And I said, well, you're wrong, because everybody as human beings have two common experiences. One is birth and one is death. And we know a little bit about the birth experience, but we don't know enough about death. And many people want to know about that. So I disagree. I think it'll do very, very well. And I think it'll be a number one New York Times bestseller. Most of them did not want to hear this, and a lot of them said, well, every author thinks that. I said, I'm a psychic. I know that. Hello. <laughs> so, so what happened was um, I had been on the other side, the show the other side, and at the time, uh, a lady by the name of Wendy Walker called me up, and she was Larry King's producer at the time. And she said, I'd like for you to come on the show. And she said, do you have a, a, like a gimmick? And I, I said, a gimmick? And she said, you know, do you have, uh, can you, uh, have, you have talk to dead people with like, celebrities? Can you talk to celebrities? Can you do something different? 
And I said, no, I just talk to dead people. That's, that's my gimmick. I talk to dead people. That's how I do it. Um, I, think, I think that's good enough. And she said, okay, well, maybe another time. I said, okay, another time. And I kept her number. And years later, when the book came out, when Talking to Heaven came out, she was the first person I called. And I said, hi, Wendy, this is James Van Prague. I have your gimmick. It's the book. <laughs> I wrote a book called Talking to Heaven. And she could relate to that, but she said, oh, you know, Larry doesn't do that anymore. And immediately, as I'm speaking to her, her grandfather shows up very, very clearly. And he said, you tell my granddaughter that um, uh, her mother has my glasses in the left side cabinet of the bed, the second drawer, there's a crack in the lens. You tell her that she's been taking uh, 10 white pills for her medication. She needs to uh, slow down to two pills a day and more and more details. And it was just coming right through me. And Wendy was kind of freaked out, and she said, let me call my mother. I'll call you right back. <laughs> and 20 minutes later, she called me up, and she said, oh, my God, oh, my God, I don't believe it. Yes, she has the glasses, and yes, they're exactly where you said they were, and yes, there's a crack in the lens, and yes, she was taking the medication, and more more of the details. She validated. And then she said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, nothing. She goes, do you want to be on the show? And Larry oh King, I said, sure. Wow. And now when you think about it, Bob, you know, most shows schedule way out in advance, at least two weeks to a month or two months this show, they had no one available there. They were just open. And I went on that show that night, and it was the first time Larry King ever had a medium on, on his show. And um, that the book originally had an initial printing of 6,000 copies. <laughs> that show was on a Friday. The CNN bureaus did not stop shutting down until Sunday from the request of calls from all over the world. Whoa. And the book, 6,000 to 600,000 copies within three months, became a number one New York Times bestseller. And as they say, it was a phenomenon in the in the uh, book world. Unbelievable, so that was yeah, unbelievable. Thanks, thanks, spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's amazing. Now, where were you when she asked you to be on? I mean, did you have to fly out to New York or something? Or? No, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. It I was in Los Angeles. Yes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, that worked out pretty good. It was uh, about a mile from the studio, so that was pretty good. Yeah. It's amazing how things like that happen, you know, and it's just like you. You were you knew that the book was going to be successful. Probably didn't. Did you know it was going to be that quick? I mean, amazing. No, no. I didn't know it'd be that quick. It's just like in things in life. We we certain times we know certain things are going to happen. We never know how they're going to happen. Yeah. And then when we get there, we look back at wow, I knew that was going to happen, but I wasn't sure the way it was going to take. The roads are going to take me to lead me here. Yeah. So no, I didn't know it was going to be that quick, but um, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you <laughs> talked about her wanting to communicate with celebrities. I have a lot of producers who call or email me and they want a medium who can do that. And I try to explain to them, well, you know, if they're given a reading to one of the family members of a, of, of a deceased, you know, rock star or, you know, movie star, then yeah, maybe, but they're not going to show up for just because the medium wants them there. Why, why would they? Do they know the person? No. Then why would you think they would show up just because you want them to be there? I've had many shoots where I've told the producers we can't do this because, okay, did you know? Actually, a, a famous story. I told um, I was with um, Barry Manilow once, and he said I want to speak to Judy Garland, and I said, did you know Judy Garland? And he goes, no. And I said, well, why would you make? Why would you think she would show up for you then? And she didn't. But something did come through that he was going to be doing a um, a Meet Liza Minnelli very soon. And he kind of got freaked out. He goes, how do you know that? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, after you leave, there's going to be a car that pulls up to pick me up. We're going to be doing um, an AIDS benefit together this afternoon. And I've never met Liza Minnelli. Oh, my goodness. So, there you go. Yeah. After you meet Liza, maybe we sit down and talk, and then maybe she'll come through. But yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So so Beyonds came out with James and Mary, 2002. Same year, right? Talking to Heaven came out where Ted Danson actually played you 
in, in yeah. the story of your life. Yes, what happened was the book Talking to Heaven was really a hot market, um, the market for television, and NBC uh, bought the book right away, and uh, the rights to the book, and they were trying to figure it out, develop it as a as a movie, as a miniseries, a movie basically. Yeah. And then there was a change of um, uh, people over there. Um, the executives all shifted, and a girl at CBS named Bella Bajaria, she knew the book was in turnaround. They called it turnaround. Uh. So took the book for CBS and um, I met with Bella, she was a very sweet girl, and they tried getting that book going. Um, they hired a writer um, who uh, was a Broadway writer, a playwright, and also a miniseries movies writer, TV movies writer, and John Pilmeyer, who um, I sat down with John Pilmeyer and I met him, and he was a wonderful, wonderful, he's a great guy, came to my house, we sat down for four days, and he worked on that script with me, we, did, we went back and forth with ideas, and. And it really turned out to be a great, great mini. They turned out to be a mini series. It's going to be a movie, but it was so well written that CBS decided to make it into a mini series. Yeah. Now the funny thing about that story is, um, I had a phone. I had a phone call from, oh boy, it was it was the man that was writing the 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 play uh, the the movie when NBC had it, and he called me up and he said, James, I want to talk to you about something. I said yes. He goes, I know that this um, the talking to heaven is now at CBS, but when I was on the plane. Um, I was writing the script, or the, or the first script, and a lady sat down next to me, and she looked at me and she said, what are you writing? And I said, I'm writing Talking to Heaven. It's based on a book by James Van Prague. And this lady said, oh, I know that book. I've given 30 out to my friends. I know that book. Can you get in, in touch with him for me? And he goes, I don't know. I'll try. And it was Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> so somehow Mary Steenburgen, I got in touch with Mary Steenburgen months and months and months later. The book had already gone to CBS. And what happened was um, I went to her house and did a reading for her and for Ted Danson. And Ted was a complete skeptic, a complete skeptic about the whole thing. And I can tell you this because he said it publicly so I can tell the story. <laughs> um, what happened in, the, in this room was uh, the spirit came through and gave many, many incredible readings and details and, and evidential details of things. The best one, I, I, well, I, I loved it, was when Ted's father came through. And Ted's father said, I'm in heaven. You know I'm in heaven because I'm wearing my herringbone jacket and I'm having my whiskey sitting in front of the fireplace. And he's giving them a toast. <laughs> and Ted fell on the floor, almost <laughs> sobbing. And you don't know what you did. You don't know what you did. And now there's a skeptic. Well, after the session was over, he came up to me. He goes, you don't realize my father died of a heart attack in front of the fireplace wearing his herringbone jacket oh. and he had scotch in front of him. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Now, but the weird thing is, again, and here is spirit coming through. And, and manipulating things. Um, the next day I received a call from a production company who was handling the, the miniseries Talking to Heaven, or The Dead Will Tell, they call it. Yeah. Um, and, and what happened was, um, uh, uh, what happened, I'm sorry, what happened was um, they said, listen, CBS called us, and they're having trouble casting the part, and they're having trouble casting you, James. I said, they are. Yes, nobody wants to play a medium. They tried Gary Sinise, they tried all these other people, no one wanted to play it. So if they can't find one more person, they're going to scrap it. So, oh, oh it's terrible. Jeez. That's typical Hollywood, you hear this. Yeah. They said, there's one more person they're going to try for. I said, who's that? I said, Ted Danson. I said, okay, then that's pretty weird because I was doing a reading for him last night at his house. Whoa. Ted knew nothing about this, that they were going to go after him. And I did call Ted the next day and I said, Ted, CBS is going to come to you and ask you to do this role. And I would like to ask you, based upon your experience with me to look at that very clearly and see if you would do that role it might help millions and millions of people mm. so you do that and um, he accepted and um, it Amazing. was a one miniseries talking to talking to I don't know they changed the name several times talking to heaven 
Now it's called Talking to Heaven. And um, it was the number one miniseries in CBS history, except from Jesus, which was two years earlier. So, <laughs> that well, was where it began with my relationship with CBS. <laughs> well, it's amazing, and, it, and it's a great example of you know serendipity in our life, or you know divine coincidence. You know, because I don't know, we don't know what his process was in making that decision. But for you to have given him a reading the night before, and then for all this to take place, and I thought he did a fantastic job. And you know, and he looks just like me, Bob. He does. Yeah, you guys have a lot of similarities. <laughs> so at, I always say that um, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Yeah, I always say that, and I, like I think that. definitely that spirit, God, the universal force is always in our lives every single day and if we just take time to listen and to to connect with that energy that force your lives will be correct you'll, you'll make the right choices in your life yeah and i love and i i love when you hear stories like that that really just you know keep reminding me over and over and over that that this is in our lives now interesting a couple of years later there was the movie the dead will tell with anne Heche and eva langoria uh yes, wow that's yeah, that, that came about because um, the miniseries Talking to the Dead or Talking to Heaven, whatever it was they called it, Talking to Heaven, yeah. uh, was so successful that Nina Tesla, the uh, president of CBS, she said to me, um, can, you come, can we do another one based upon one of your books? And I said, yes. So we, we took a story from one of my books, from one of the sessions, and again, we had an, a new writer this time because uh, the other writer was busy, very busy with other things. And um, I sat with that other writer, and again, we came across... It's, um, the story based upon a ring, um, and I've had many, many readings where spirits will talk about jewelry or a ring, or there's something special about a ring, and that's really what we base that next The Dead Will Tell story on with Eva Longoria and with Anne Heche. Uh -huh. And the funny thing about that, just as a little side note, an anecdote, um, when we were in production in New Orleans, uh, Eva Longoria, a sweet little thing, adorable, cute, she came running up to me and she goes, James at Prague, hi, I'm Eva Lagoria. I said, hi, Eva. And she said, this, she's so funny. She said, listen, I just finished a pilot. I'm wondering, can you tell me if it's going to go, is it going to do well? <laughs> and I said, um, it's going to change your life. And she goes, good, thank you. It was called Desperate Housewives. Thank you. And of course, it was, just, it was called Desperate Housewives. Oh, my God. Then years and years later, seven or eight years later, um, about two or three years ago, when I was filming Ghost Whisperer at Universal, I was in the uh, dining room, and uh, I look over, and there's Eva coming straight up the aisle, and our eyes connected, and it was like, ah! We <laughs> and I ran over to her, and I said, well, was I right? Did it change your life? And she started laughing and laughing, and she goes, yes, it certainly has. So that's the story of the dead will tell. Yeah, that's, I, lo I love it. It's incredible. Um, and I and I love that they remember these things too later, you know, and and because I'm I'm sure when that TV show took off, Desperate Housewives, they, you know, she was thinking of you. There's no question. As as each uh, as each new success happened after that, I mean, and we've met several times after, and she's always had um, uh, held so much respect for me, yeah. and um, and I have for her because I know her talent and I see her light. I used to see the dailies of that show or the movie we were doing, and I'd say to a friend of mine, look at the light around her. Can you see that light around her? And my friend would say, she's very gifted. You know, she's special. She's going to go on to things. I said, I think she is. Wow. That was wow. so funny. Now yeah. look at her life. <laughs> exactly. Um, after that, you know, it's funny because I, I do remember now these things, the, the timing actually. Well, okay, if you want to stay chronologically, in 2005, <laughs> and this lasted for five years, you were co-executive producer of Ghost Whisperer. I mean, that 
that's a you know it's interesting because i i always love how we can um you know there's writers and stuff who will teach about the afterlife but mm-hmm. using fiction you know so many of us were i we we're always thinking nonfiction, and people love the nonfiction story but but fiction in the, in this case the ghost whisperer probably based on based on true stories but mm-hmm. you know it's a fictional uh tv show and at the same time is able to teach people about spirit communication and spirits and spirit world i love how that works because it's very um you know people learn without even realizing they're, they're realizing they're learning they're just they're just being entertained they think right that's right and and when i when i did that series again um, this girl Bella Bajaria, who worked at CBS, who really was the spearhead for for the two movies ahead of that, and also the series. Um, of course, now since the movie did really well, the miniseries did really well, CBS was looking for a series about uh, the, in this field. And um, I talked to Bella, and I was thinking, you know, I'll find some way somehow to get this information, my work, what I do, my work out there to the public. And uh, at the time of the show, the Beyond show you were mentioning, my series that I used to have on every day. During that show, I met a lady by the name of Marianne Winkowski, and she was um, uh, a ghostbuster. And what she does is she really deals with earthbound spirits. And she's not someone who goes around with those Geiger counters, electronic meters, because we think that's a bunch of <clears throat> something else. <laughs> As, um, she's very much a person who's like me, except that she deals with earthbound spirits. And I investigated her because I'm very, very skeptical about people that make claims about things. Yeah. And I went out to uh, Oklahoma with her to go to a house, which I knew was haunted. And I actually knew who was haunting it. And sure enough, she came up with names, details, the cemetery where they were buried, mm. how they died, stuff that you couldn't just find anywhere. You couldn't yeah. find that computer. You couldn't find it anywhere. And she was pretty, um, pretty incredibly genuine. So I thought this would make a great television show. Yeah. So I brought it to CBS. And I introduced her to CBS. They loved her. They said, let's do a show with her. And I went out and I found a production company that could do it. And um, I worked with a, a production company. I met the writer, the head writer. And I, CBS kind of wanted me to approve of this writer because they wanted to make sure that he had the sensitivity to bring it through. Mm. And I met with this man, and, and, and he did. He had the sensitivity, and we created a pilot. And from that pilot, again, it was tested. It did extremely well. Um, a fun story with that is I was meeting Jennifer Love Hewitt, um, the day was picked up, met Jennifer Love Hewitt, and she said to me, may I have uh, breakfast with you tomorrow? And I said, okay. Now, the whole meeting, she would not look at me. And I thought, okay, something wrong, something odd here. Yeah. And she said, can I have a meeting with you for breakfast? I said, sure. So we had our meeting the next day. And I said, um, I don't know if you know who I am, but and she goes, oh, yes, I do. I'm a big, big fan of your work. I'm such a fan of your work. I've read all your books. And I, I really am excited about this piece. And I'm just so excited. <laughs> I want to know how I can do this role. Can you help me? So, so I began to help her with that role and Beautiful. how she would feel spirit, how she would communicate with spirit, how spirit would appear to her. Yeah. So I was one behind helping her out. And that was one of my major jobs in that show. See, I love that. And, and, and when you watch the show, if you know anything about psychic mediums, you recognize that, that there is, you know, she knows what she's, what she's doing. You know, there's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of um, things that are going on there that are really accurate. And I, there's not many shows that deal with uh, this subject matter, that that take the time to do that, to get someone to come in and consult with them. And, and oh, some, 
Totally. I, I can always tell based upon watching the show if they've had a person who knows what they're talking about, who they've dealt with, yeah. who helped to produce a show, or it's just some producer they go, oh, I can do this, and they don't know what the heck they're talking about. That's right. I mean, with Jennifer, I used to go to a dressing room and sit there with her between scenes and discuss about when the ghost would come through and how would her reaction would be and would she, how would she feel in her body. And she was really into it, which I must say, she was very, very good. And that was show, that's shown. It was depicted when she performed. So, yes, I can definitely tell in those shows. And now, of course, they're everywhere. Everybody has an electronic meter. And, you know, when, when I did that show, it was, as you said earlier, it was a means to teach. Mm. And everything I do is teaching. I'm a teacher first and foremost. And I'll always say that I'm a teacher first and foremost. And what this job, the media of television, is such an incredible medium because you can reach millions and millions of people. And used in the right way, it can really elevate the consciousness. It can elevate people's minds, open them up, open up their hearts, help them to realize that we are all connected, that we're all one. And through these shows, the television shows that I'm behind, mm. it's a teaching method. You have to play the Hollywood thing where it's all like spooky and scary, yeah. but that's kind of like get them in the tent, and then they can drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah, no, it's <laughs> they, true. You know, then they can see. And what I did in that show, and I wanted to make sure it was, it was done, and CBS let me, thank God, was I wanted to make sure that even though we had the spooky, scary stuff and the low cleavage with Jennifer Love Hewitt, which I was crazy about, <laughs> but I didn't know that world. And TV world, they said we have to attract male males on, on the show to male viewers. And they were correct. They were completely correct. I just didn't like the way they were going about it, but they, they got the male viewership. And what happened was I said at the end of the show, I always want to leave the show in a positive teaching note because I do believe that what you put out there creatively it, it's in the ethers. It's in the ethers, and it's going to affect the minds of people. So at the end of every single show, Ghost Whisperer, at the end, every single episode, mm -hmm. it ends in a very positive, healing light. Yeah. That people have been, go into the light. Or there's um, resolution. There's about forgiveness, compassion, love. Every single show. And that's I'm so happy that that's uh, how it ends, every show. Isn't it? And it's amazing that... Um, the you know some of the producers with a lot of um, influence uh, didn't change that along the way you know didn't influence it in such a way to try to make it more sensational or whatever it may be I love that it, that show was able to stay along that path it makes well, a big it became, difference it became formulaic it was a formula and they yeah. knew that that formula sold they knew that, that formula was received by people and if you try to screw up a formula like that yeah. you're gonna lose viewership so they knew what the people wanted. Yep. They knew that people wanted that they wanted people to cry every single episode, yep. which is great because, as you know, with mediumship, people cry all the time when they receive a message from spirit. Many people will just cry and, cl and it's cleansing. Yeah. And so it, it really did hit the mark with that. And, uh, again, another way of teaching and reaching millions and millions of people. And now it's seen around the world in over 150 countries. Hmm. That's amazing. Well, um after that, the only other thing I'll talk about is I know you did some stuff with Entertainment Tonight and The Insider. And, and oh, yeah. now here's like a completely different audience, you know, but how did you enjoy doing those kinds of things? I mean, obviously, they're very tabloid magazine kind of, but yet you're still getting to reach people. And you're talking about wanting to be a teacher. You know, there's, there's a new audience out there everywhere. What were those shows like for you? Well, it's, it's funny because... Um, a lot of people would write emails and, and, and all these wonderful uh, texts and, and tweets and all that. And they'd say, wow, I've seen Entertainment Tonight. I've seen you on Chelsea lately. I've seen this. This is great. It's a whole different side of you, James. And it makes you very human. And I really can believe in you even more because of the genuineness that comes through. Because 
you know, I'm a pretty funny guy, Bob. You might know this. You are, I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm a pretty funny guy, and I, you can't take life too seriously, yeah. you know. And when I do my shows and I go down stage, and I, I, the first thing I do is crack up the audience. They're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's funny. He should be a stand-up comedy uh, comedian here. Yeah. So I said, I'm a stand-up comedian. <laughs> so I tell you, don't laugh, Bob. That's okay. Um, but... But it's it's true, you know. You, you want to show a different aspect of yourself. You want people to be able to relate to you. I never want to be someone thought out as um, this this thing, this thing in the wearing these robes and sacred and untouchable. Yeah, that's not who I am. Right. I'm just the opposite of that. And I never like pedestals. And I'm just it's a very natural thing what I do. And, and spirit is it's very natural. Spirit communication is really pretty natural. And and you're talking about you know the humor. You had said to me, if you weren't doing this, if you didn't take this path, what, what was something that you wanted to do? Well, I originally moved out to Los Angeles to be a sitcom writer. Oh, see? That's amazing. That's I great. I did it. Yeah, I love that. But, um, uh, yeah, I just like, I like, I used to be a, I got a broadcasting degree. I was going to be a sitcom writer. And um, I'm also a singer. So I'm, I'm a singer. I have a very legit voice. And um, I'm actually working on a one-man show right now. And oh. it's going to be with music to it, based upon my work of spirit and based on my whole life, with music, which I will be singing. Oh, that would be cool. I, honestly, yeah. I think that's a great combination. And I love the one-man show. I, 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 I had a friend who worked at the Public Theater in New York, and I got to see... And it, the one-man shows were some of my favorite ones. I don't know, there's just something about that. I guess... I think creativity is you know, spirit. I mean, that's, that's that energy, that's a universal force. Creativity is, is close to God. And I think that we have to express ourselves in many, many, many different ways. And I think from my 30 years of doing this work, I've learned that, you know, I don't want to leave this earth and have any should'ves, would'ves, or could'ves. Right. I want to express myself in every way that I can think of that I want to do. And, um, and I think everybody should live that way. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you talked a little bit about, you know, seeing yourself as a teacher. Uh, I'm just going to ask this question. We. It, it, to sort of end this portion of, of, of the interview, I want, to, I want to ask you, you know, what do you see your purpose in this work as? Because obviously, you know, you, like I said, you move out to, to Los Angeles for a different reason, and you end up, next thing you know, you're doing this. Obviously, you've been doing this for 30 years now, which is amazing to me. Um, it's a calling, and, you know... But when, when you wake up in the morning, what is it that gets you out of bed? What, what would you feel is your sense of purpose in this work? Oh, it, it's to really open up the hearts and minds of people, to change people's ways of thinking, to open them up to a newer way, uh, to have a relationship with themselves, that they, that they realize that they are first and foremost spirits having a physical experience. And, and if I could say I wake up every morning, if I've changed a life for the better, mm -hmm. if I've um, helped people for the better, then I know I've done my job. Um, I remember, and you know, when you do this work and you're constantly doing it, and you're, you're giving messages and you're running around doing this and you, you get in that work mode, um, every once in a while, spirit will stop you and they'll say, wait, pay attention, look what's happening. And it happens several times where I'll be at a book signing, let's say, and uh, a lady or a man will say to me, um, I want to thank you very much. I was going to commit suicide, but I read your book and I didn't do it. Now I have a full life. Mm. That stops you when you're tracks and you're Ugh. like, now I know what I'm doing this work for. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're doing the work for to help help each other. We're all here on this earth to help one another. We're all one being, yeah. and it's really helping each other. And that's I came back for service, as did you. You know, we're here for service, service of humankind. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter to me if people 
um, believe it or they don't believe it. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Yeah. It's just what I yeah. have, I present, what I can do, what what's been spirit has given to me. And if people, it resonates within people. If it resonates truth within people, then great. If it doesn't resonate truth within people, great. Then they don't have to take that. It's just I'm an instrument. I'm here to be used, <laughs> and I have been. Yes, yes, you have, haven't you? Okay. Um, because I enjoyed so much talking to you about some of the things that got you where you are today. All right, I'm going to yes. end this interview here. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to. Um, already? I'm going to. Well, yes, already. And I am going to. I'm going to make you stay if you don't mind. I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to chain you to your chair. But uh, I'm going to end this interview here, and then we're going to start up. And uh, I want to talk to you about your process, and we'll create right. that as a whole new interview. Okay. So James, right. first of all, thank you very much for sharing this incredible information. I think that your journey is inspirational. It's inspirational to me, and I know it would, will be to many mediums as well as just many people who are on a spiritual path. So thank you for that. Really appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. That thank can you. candidness that you gave us, and. Uh, and people are going to get to see you on another another video. So I'll end this here. Thank you so much, James. Thanks, Bob. See ya.